Super Talk Mississippi media production. All right, let's get started. Welcome into Thunder and Lightning live post game. Mississippi State 42, Texas A&M 24. I thought State would win, but I did not know that it was going to be uh, the kind of win that it was. And we're talking about total domination in all three phases of the game. Uh, State just an absolute machine today. To me, this is easily, easily Mike Leach's best win uh, at Mississippi State. Just controlled the game from the start of the second quarter on. I thought the game was over uh, when the uh, fumble at the end of the second quarter happened. I thought at that point State was in complete control. That was A&M's chance to get back in it. Uh, Big plays, offense, defense, special teams. I'm going to really, really, really have to, to nitpick to find somebody to not get coffee from Mississippi State. I, probably Buki Watson for that penalty. But other than that, I thought this was a fantastic game start to finish for the Bulldogs. Uh, Will Rogers finishes the day, uh, completes 69% of his passes. Nice. Uh, three scores for him. And State runs the ball so effectively. 24 carries, 144 yards, six yards a carry. Uh, Ra-Ra Thomas, a huge day, five catches, 134 yards, including a 75-yard score. That sealed the game for Mississippi State. And I think we all can agree that Emmanuel Forbes is likely the SEC Defensive Player of the Week. A blocked field goal that led to a touchdown. Two interceptions, including one that he took back for a touchdown. Just a huge day all over. And Mississippi State now has a, a lot of momentum. And when you watched football today, you had to think that State can beat Arkansas next week and that State can beat Kentucky in two weeks and have a real chance to go to Alabama 6-1. and one. Long way to go to get there. A lot of game, a lot of football to be played, but... Today was a good day overall for Mississippi State, not just here at Davis Way, but around the uh, the country. All right, let's get into our uh, our speakers. Let's start with Hunter Courtney. Rob Hadaway, you'll be up after him. Hunter, what do you got for me? Got to unmute, Hunter. I'm oh, sorry. Am I crazy for thinking we're going to win out and make the playoff? I'll hang up and listen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you might be a little crazy. I don't know if you've been drinking today, uh, but if eleven and one's going to happen, well, you can't go eleven and one if you aren't four and one. We'll just we'll take it away from our, our old friend Joel Coleman. Uh, Rob Hadaway, what do you got to say, buddy? I'm sure he is looking live. Oh, you might be in the car. Have you no, made it to the car yet? We're close. We're in the vicinity of Lee Hall. Okay, very good. Wait, yep. Daddy. I, I wanted to point out one that uh, we just palindromed them. Yes. Shout out to Spencer Hall. That's right. Um, so I've got, I got, I had three questions. I don't know how many I'm going to be able to remember. But the first okay. one uh, is, is Brian, what would you do with the six hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars that Jimbo made for this game? I could pay off every debt I have and still have about four hundred and fifty k left. I still owe a good bit on my house. Other than that, though, and then I'm going to Vegas. So I'm going to have a little vacation. We'll do okay. that to buy with. <laughs> and uh, is that 75-yard touchdown pass, is that the funniest touchdown in Mississippi State history? It's up there. Um, I think Nick Fitzgerald's last touchdown in the Egg Bowl in 2016 is probably first place. Or maybe okay. Cedric Giles' pick six in that game is up there. But that was a complete... F you to, to Texas A&M. We're just going to throw it deep right after you score. That was hilarious. Yes, I, I, I brought my daughters to the game, and my, my younger daughter's first game in Starkville, and after they scored, I said, uh, I said, well, I'll, we just need to go back and score. So I yeah. looked at her afterwards. We just so easy, right? 
That's all we had to do. There you go. I can't think of any of my other questions, so uh, I'll hand it back to you. All right. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate it. Take care. Oh, Kevis Wright letting us know that Auburn's up 14-0 on LSU. That is incredibly surprising uh, to see that. We'll see what happens there over there on the Plains. Uh, next talker is uh, Reese Pavette. We've got no calls after this, guys. I'm not going to hang around, so if you, if you don't have anything to, to ask, well, we may have a quick one here. I'm surprised. But if you've got questions, jump into the, uh, to the, the queue. All right, Reese, you're good to go. Unmute, Reese. Sorry. It, it puts no me on mute when you yeah, – it's, it's automatic. Yeah, yeah. Got you. Well, um, just one question. You know um, – as far as the offensive line goes, I think that's my biggest question. You know, after Lasoya settled down, he only got, I think, two penalties or maybe just one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what'd you say? I said, mm-hmm. I've got you. Well, I think he got maybe one or two penalties. But after that, it seems like in the second half, um, the offensive line settled down. What, what were your thoughts about the offensive line in the second half after, you know, they got rid of those, you know, false start penalties and stuff like that, and it was just – um, maybe a couple holding calls, but it, it looked like the offensive line looked the best it's been all season, and that's without you know one of your starting um, offensive linemen that's been hurt. What yeah. just kind of what were your thoughts about that? Uh, they played really well. Thanks for the the, the question, uh, Reese. I mean, no sacks. That's the most important. I'm, that's the most important stat to me is they kept Rodgers upright. You know, Rodgers didn't have the big day passing outside of that 74-yarder. Uh, he a lot of, uh, of, of, of short passes, but he kept a clean pocket uh, and was able to, to, you know, when he did have pressure, I thought he did a good job. Maybe Jimbo was onto something. Maybe Rodgers can't hurt you with his legs because I thought he did a good job a couple of times of rolling out and either getting rid of the ball or just not, just not taking negative plays. So I thought State's offensive line, and of course, they ran the ball for 144 yards. So, yeah, hats off to the offensive line. This was one of their best games uh, of the year. Let's go uh, to Blake Thompson next, then Will Bailey will be up. Hey, yeah, you just kind of hit on it. I was going to ask you, it seems that Leach is incorporating that two-back set a lot more mm-hmm. and running with both backs. Is that A, is that surprising, and B, do you expect to see that throughout the rest of the SEC season? We have to wait and see, you know, on on how. Uh, thanks for the question, Blake. Uh, on how you know the games play out, but that was an adjustment they obviously made uh, when on that first scoring drive. Uh, they decided to go more two back and, and less four wide, and you know started playing with a little tempo as well on those first two scoring drives. They were getting the ball a little quicker, and that rattled A and M a bit. So I, I don't know if it's going to be a a permanent thing or anything like that, but it was very effective today. We'll have to see what happens next week uh, against Arkansas. All right, let's go to Will Bailey, and then we're going back to Rob Hadaway. Hey, Brian, can you hear me? Yes, I can. What's up, Will? So going into Leach's tenure, everybody's like, all right, this offense is going to be different than anything we've ever seen before with Mississippi mm-hmm. State. His best game with Mississippi State, defined by defense and running the football, make yeah. it make sense. <laughs> First off, thanks for the question, Will. I appreciate it. Uh that's a really good point is what I would say to that. Uh, but State still threw the ball effectively. They threw the ball 45 times in this game. They completed 329 yards in the air. They threw three touchdowns. So the, 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 the air rate was still there. But this was a great example of taking what the defense gives you and taking you know, hitting them where they're weak. A&M is not good against the run. They haven't been all year long. And so State took advantage of that. I mean, hats off to Mike Leach. 
this this slow evolution of Mike Leach in this air raid offense, it's happening. It's just very, very gradual. And we'll see in a couple of years when Chris Parson gets up in here uh, how it really looks then. But he's definitely leaned more on the running game this year at Mississippi State than he ever has previously in his career. All right, back to Rob Hadaway and then Charles Potts. You'll be on deck after that. Go ahead, Rob. All right. Um, I remembered one of my other questions. The other will okay. come to me at 3 in the morning. Yeah. But uh, make, make how much a rumblings question? How much better could uh, this game have been for Texas A&M if they had two actual good offensive players? <laughs> <laughs> they have way too much talent to be this bad. It, it, it's crazy how not good they are. Uh, I mean, all over. Uh, sorry, I cut you off there, Rob. I'm sorry. But it's crazy how how bad they are as a team. When I know that. From a talent perspective, they have four and five star guys in almost every position out there, even with Anaya Smith out. So, just uh, it doesn't make sense. And of course, I've never seen. I don't think we've ever had a situation like this in, in college football. Where, I mean, Jimbo Fisher's in year five at Texas A&M. He is on pace right now. I mean, let's look at the remainder of their schedule. Right? They have Alabama next week, so they're losing that. They're probably going to lose to Ole Miss. So that that's that right there is a uh, a fourth loss. Is that right? Yeah, four. And then I mean, are we really just positive they're going to beat everybody else on their schedule? It, he should be getting fired at the end of this year. But instead, they would owe him ninety-five million dollars plus. I think he's not going anywhere. What a weird situation. A and M and Ross Bjork. God bless you. I want Ross Bjork to negotiate every contract I have because he just gives away money. Left and right. All right, let's go to Charles Potts, and then Sartak Sharma will be after him. Charles, are you there? What's up, Brian? How you doing? What's going on, man? Oh, man, just want to tell you, enjoy the podcast. Let Robbie know I enjoy the podcast every day. Will do. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, enjoy getting these big wins, man. You know, nothing caps off a good Saturday, drink a cold beer, you know, watch Mississippi State win a football game. I'm going to get me my cold beer just as soon as we wrap this up, I promise you. All right, brother. Y'all take it easy. Hey, let's beat them hogs next weekend. Sounds good. Thanks, Charles. Appreciate it, man. All right. See, that's what I'm talking about. We're getting cold beer. We're getting good good vibes. I like that. Sarthak Sharma's up, and then we will go to the godfather and the new proprietor of the Mississippi State on three site, Stephen Agustinelli. If I can get my phone to work with me here. There we go. Sarthak, are you there? If I'm mispronouncing your name, man, let me know. Hey, uh, not sure if you can hear me, but... Um, yeah, you're good. There we go. Sarthak, are you there? Yes, can if you hear me? If I'm mispronouncing your name, man, let me know. It's it's Sarthak, but that's fine. But can you hear me? Yeah, yes, I can. Go okay, ahead. Okay, cool. Um, quick question. After what Arkansas did today and what Kentucky, unfortunately, did today, yes, which, which one of those teams do you feel like is more beatable over the next couple weeks? That's a good question, and, and there's a little bit of delay there, so I, so I, I'm sorry, I apologize for that. Um, yeah. yeah, I can hear you, though. I got your question. Um, I, I think it's Kentucky, even though it's on the road. They're just not any good on the offensive line, and State can, can capitalize on that. You saw today what State can do when they bring pressure. I thought their linebackers played really, really well. I thought the defensive line played well. I, I, even though it's on the road, I think it's Kentucky just because – I, you know, I worry about K.J. Jefferson being able to run the football the way Jaden Daniels was able to run the football. That's that's That would be my biggest uh, concern uh, there. 
All right, let's go uh, next to my cousin, Stephen Augustinelli, online yes, administrator of the Mississippi State On3 site, sixpackspeak.com. What a great move it was this week. Great move. Yeah. For the message board. <laughs> I tell you what, you just can't contain a bunch of little gnats. We will get you. Was did, did, How much would you pay Zach Arnett before you let him go? That's a good question. Um, hmm. Three? Would you go three? Three is a lot, man. Three is that's a lot for a coordinator, but he's he's he, he's he's earning his money. I mean, this defense. Look at this defense. And I think there's some NFL guys on this defense, but there's not a first round guy. I don't think maybe Forbes if he continues to play at a high level, maybe. But there's no Jeff Simmons or or, or Chris Jones out there making plays for this defense. The scheme has been really really good. And I mean, and I, I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you and I, we talk sometimes about Leach's offense and how it's, it's kind of tedious. It's kind of, you know, it, the, the excitement of MSU football comes from the defense and the way they bring yeah. pressure. That's where the entertainment is. So he's worth a little bit in that. Yeah. Our offense is methodical. Methodical. I like that. That's how you and I attack the buffet. We're methodical. <laughs> there is some, some strategy with our. <laughs> I think this game featured the most overpaid coach versus the most underpaid coach, which is Arnett versus uh, the Jimbo. It's just Arnett's just unbelievable. Every game, every game this year, yep. we were four one. Every game, our defenses play well. And Here's he's, he's, the truth about Arnett, and and I went to this to Robbie last week. You cannot point to a single game since he's arrived that you would say the defense lost this game. This is, there's not one. That Georgia, not that that should count, but that Georgia game in 2020. I, I can't, I can't hold that against him. I mean, yeah, he I mean, played with, he was down to his third and fourth string guys. I mean, he did the best he could. He just made so. some bad calls on that one. Anyway, yeah. good win. Yeah. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Uh, let's see here who we got up next. We've got Blake Thompson and then Reese Pavette back. If you got questions, guys, feel free to jump in, and I'm happy to answer them. All right, Blake, you're back with us. What's up? Hey, uh, two more quick ones. But one, yeah, how yeah. much do you think we're going to miss Buki uh, the first half next week? And then two, what do you think the conversation between Jimbo and Ross is like going back on the plane tonight? I'll answer your second question first. It's going to be Jimbo going, well, what are you going to do about it? Because you're not <laughs> going to pay me 95. It, it, one of two things is about to happen, Blake. Either they're not going to do anything and it's just the way that it is, or gas is about to be $12 a gallon. Because the AM alums have got to raise this money for us. They don't have any choice in the matter. Um, as far as Watson missing the first half this, next week, that's a, that's a loss because, like I said, I'm worried about KJ Jefferson and his ability to run. You right, like to yeah. have your big middle linebacker in there. But I thought State's linebackers today were great. I thought Jet Johnson was really good. I thought Wheat was good. And then JP Purvis coming off the bench, that's the first time he's really flashed uh, from Michigan State. But he looked. He looked fat, out, outstanding, and Tim's played well as, as well. So State's got some depth there, and now they know they have to go. You know, with Deshaun Page is going to be out as well. So he's still out with the, with an injury, so still have to some things to do there. But I, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be okay. All right, let's go to Reese Pavette, and if nobody else jumps in, we'll just wrap things up. Reese, are you there? And uh, just a couple quick questions. You know, we saw some. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we saw some things um, from from Leach that we just haven't seen consistently in, in an SEC game, and, and one of those is, you know, we saw the up tempo 
uh, from Bowling Green coming to this game, and I, and, and I kind of hinted at it last week. I was like, you know, Leach, Leach is so stubborn with his offense that, like, he's not going to throw up-tempo just to throw up-tempo. He's going to be using it. And we saw that against A&M in the first half, um, kind of wearing their defense down, keeping them on the field and stuff like that. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, as far as, you know, the tempo goes and stuff like that, is that something we're going to see, you know, a lot more against some of the SEC teams we face, like, you know, Arkansas, Kentucky, stuff like that? Um, because I thought when, you know, we kept A&M's defense on the field for, like, what was it, like 19, 20 minutes in the first half, I think that really helped us yeah. you know, bridge that gap in the second half. Um because, you know, it, at times, Leach was, like, very up-tempo towards, you know, the second quarter. In the first quarter, he was, like, methodically wearing that defense down, even though we weren't mm-hmm. getting, you know, you know, the scores that we usually expect in the first quarter with this team so far. Just kind of your thoughts on the tempo and stuff like that and what we'll see going forward. I definitely thought the tempo worked today. Uh, I thought it was, you know, like I said, part of that of how State made the adjustment to get on the scoreboard and sort of take control of the game. Next week, when you're playing Arkansas, kind of remember Arkansas's pass defense is is one. If if it's not the worst, it's one of the worst in all of college football. And when I've, I've made this point for it, when I say all of college football, I'm talking about Division three. Talking about everybody, they are they, they are awful at stopping the pass. So tempo might be a good good call against that Arkansas defense next week for sure. Um, but at the same time, like you said, you know, Leach likes to be methodical and likes to, to grind teams. It, it's weird saying he likes to grind teams down when he's throwing it 45, 50 times a game. But that's exactly what he's doing. Is he's, he's controlling the clock and, and, and moving the chains for the most part. So really good, uh, good effort there. All right, let's go to Scott Main. And then, Reese, you've got one more question, and we'll wrap it up after that. Hey, Brian, what's going on, man? What's up, Scott? How are you? I was just enjoying another dog's victory today, I guess. There you go, buddy. Uh, one thing I do have to say, and I hate to actually say it, but do you think the loss at LSU might have been a good thing for this team to get them to where, hey, you might be better than the other team, but, hey, you still got to perform? I, I, I don't. That's all I got. But Yeah, that's cool, Scott. Thanks, man. I, I don't think that. Um, I, you know, you guys know that I never like to say good loss. I never like to take anything like that from a loss. But at the same time, no, I think – I think obviously there were some teaching moments in that game. Leach and Arnett were probably both able to put a lot of stuff on film and say, if you had done this, if you had done this. But at the end of the day, I don't think that loss helped State win today. State's just better than Texas A&M. End of the state. State is just better and, and really has been for the, for the since A&M entered the conference. That's now since Johnny Manziel left. So since A&M had the most transcendent player possibly in college football history. Mississippi State has won six of the nine meetings. They're six and three against Texas A&M. If you ask the average college football fan uh, uh, that question, you said, "Who? What's the series record over the last nine games? Mississippi State, Texas A&M." They would probably just say, oh, "I don't know, A&M seven and two, eight and one, something like that." And it's it's the complete opposite. State's just better than Texas A&M. I don't know how that is when you look at the blue chip rosters, but it just is what it is. All right, Reese, one more question from you, and then we will call it a night. It, it kind of – I forgot to ask this um, with my original question. Um, but, like, you know, we, we've talked about how, like, maybe Leach hasn't really adjusted to the SEC, and we see in this game that Mississippi State – I don't know what the final yards per play, but for the most of that game, Mississippi State was outrushing Texas A&M with one mm-hmm. of the most dynamic running backs in the SEC that obviously Mississippi State will face outside of, you know, maybe Georgia of Alabama. 
um, with Jameer Gibbs. Um, so, like, <laughs> Mississippi State has shown that they're able to win the game with a little bit more up-tempo than the, what they usually do, with a little bit more run game, uh, uh, maybe just a lot more run game than what they usually do. You know, what what speaks to that as far as, you know, some of the Leach haters out there saying that, you know, Leach is stubborn, he doesn't improve his offense, he doesn't change his offense when he's shown the ability to, like, hey, when I need to pick up, pick up the – or pick up the tempo, I'm able to do that, and then I'm able to run the ball down your throat and stuff like that. I think a lot of it, Reese, thanks for the question, man, is who you're playing today. Texas A&M is just not good against the run, so State took full advantage of that. You talked about the yards per carry. State averaged six per carry. A&M averaged 4.4. And, of course, that's, you know, with the sacks that Mississippi State got, you know, taking some yardage off of them. Uh, A-Shane actually averaged seven yards a carry, and and, uh, Johnson averaged 8.3. But Marks is at 7.7. Price was at 7.3. And then Dylan Johnson's very respectable 4.9 per carry. He had 14 carries on the day. State 24 carries. Overall, uh, like I said with Leach, you know, it's it's a, it's a process to sort of get him to do this stuff. But I think also part of that process is Will Rogers and it, just the comfort he has in this offense. He, he's, I, it, he's he's probably check. It's willing. It's it's safe to bet that he's checking into some of these run plays. And there may be some pass plays getting called that Will's checking out of and into run plays because he just knows that where his guys have the advantage. And part of that today was the offensive line. They were just really really good. I just saw a quote uh, from. Dylan Johnson, let me see if I can find it here. Basically, he said they were just moving people in there. So just – here's a funny one from uh, from Leach. On his 9-4 and four career record versus Texas A&M, I thought it was 10-3. and three. Hilarious. So good day for the Bulldogs, good day for Mississippi State. Uh, we'll have a Victory Sunday podcast up tomorrow uh, and then back on Sports Talk Mississippi on Monday and, of course, a full week of Thunder and Lightning coming your way. Uh, this week. Guys, thanks for joining me here on the uh, post game show. Back with this week. Have a great rest of your weekend, and I'll talk to you again soon. Talk Mississippi Media Production.